Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Finishing Well podcast. Our podcast is a function of uh, Finishing Well Ministries. And uh, I'm Randy Hess, part of the ministry and uh, in this little podcast adventure we've got going on. And uh, my sidekick or my friend or my buddy is uh, Hal Habaker, who founded Finishing Well Ministries uh, about seven years back. And, Actually, uh, eight, get- Randy. Okay. Well, hey, time flies when you are having so much fun. Amen. Anyway, we we get to do this, and I feel blessed uh, that I get to visit with Hal regularly to do our podcast. So we get to do this, folks, uh, frequently. And uh, as you who have possibly been listening to us before uh, understand, uh, we we have the uh, blessing of talking with each other about subjects, topics, that things that are going on, and coming up with our, our subjects uh, based on uh, those discussions. We don't have a preset plan of things we cover, so it can be something very different uh, each week uh, for you to listen to. I hope that is okay with you and that you like that. Rather than having a preset schedule of things, uh, but again, we would also love to have your feedback if you care to send something to us about what you would prefer to hear in a podcast related to finishing well for you or someone you really care about. Our ministry is focused on uh, folks who are aging in their in their years and are looking for what their next phase or step is in life or have totally overlooked that possibly and not paid enough attention to it in terms of being image bearers of the Lord. And we would love to encourage that group. And we hope we do that through our messaging here. But we know that there are plenty of you out there who really have a, a, a real burden in your heart for someone that might be older and you're not. Uh, and you'd like to help them understand their, the value that they bring to every situation they're in. So you're listening in perhaps with that idea in mind. Or some of you out there are working very hard today. You've taken the time. You're driving somewhere maybe. And you've taken the time to, to um, just to tune in and see what we're all about. And we would hope that you would begin to think about what your plan is for yourself uh, as you get into your third and third uh, part of your life or your fourth quarter, if you will. And uh, we hope we encourage you just as well to think about finishing well. So having said that, uh, I would say that one of the things Hal and I have talked about and Hal has addressed very frequently in in the course of his uh, many, many years as a pastor, is 
is what it takes, so to speak, to be that image bearer we really want to be. And one of the things that I have been uh, listening to and reading about myself is uh, what Jesus has taught us in terms of our weaknesses, our weaknesses. Uh, And so the Bible tells us that uh, we should boast about our weaknesses. Paul tells us that in uh, 2 Corinthians 12. And so I've been curious to talk to Hal about that and get Hal's feeling and ideas on that. I think there's something there for us to still bring to the table about what we as uh, as aging citizens in this country, what we as aging people in our church, uh, perhaps what we as matriarchs and patriarchs in our own family can do to model the idea of boasting in our weaknesses rather than crowing about our strengths and crowing about um, and uh, boasting about our, our how great we are and how much we've accomplished. So I want to get into that a little bit today and ask Hal to help me understand it a little bit better. So what I'm going to do is just throw it to Hal now uh, for a little bit of time here. Then we'll come back and talk about some other aspects of um, of looking at our weaknesses. But how do you, you know, help me understand how I can boast about my weaknesses and do that in a meaningful way? Well, it's great to be with you and talk about this, Randy. It is a uh, topic that's close to me. I think the, the idea of boasting and weaknesses is rooted in humility. What is it that keeps me dependent? Uh, There's a phrase that I like, if dependence is the goal, weakness is an advantage. If I want to be dependent on God, then I need to take seriously my weaknesses. As Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. Well, I think I can do something. And by the way, Humility and weakness doesn't mean you don't pursue excellence. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how you see your life being a dependent life upon God and trusting in him. You know, two two, uh, general verses right off the bat that have have helped me in this immensely. Number one is Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is said about where Jesus said about himself, for I am meek and humble in heart. It's the only place in the New Testament Jesus really talks about his heart. And of course, he was totally dependent on his father. He says, every initiative comes from my father. I don't speak on my own at all. The other one is Psalm 131, which I memorized a long, long time ago, where the psalmist says, oh God, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in things too difficult for me or great matters. Behold, I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rest against his or her mother's breast. So my soul is like a weaned child within me. So there is a sense in which I celebrate that which drives me to humility and a lack of being in control at the heart of my life. So that's what I think about Paul when he said, boast in my weaknesses. 
you know, he had a thorn in the flesh, which really inhibited him. And his theological assessment of that was that in his weakness, giving that thorn in the flesh, it made him more dependent on God. And God, through that weakness or that thorn, was able to flesh out his, that's capital H, God's own life through Paul in a greater way as Paul depended upon him. So that's the background of why I think humility and weakness are to be celebrated items in our life and following Christ and with each other. Yeah, that that helps a lot, How I, I guess it sort of turns some things upside down for for some of us out there in the, in, uh, I don't want to go too far with this, but the male population and working in business, uh, talking or boasting about weakness is a foreign concept. And uh, we, we get, whether we like it or not, we get enculturedized, if that's the word, uh, into thinking that we've got to be first We've got to be the strongest. We've got to be the uh, we've got to be the bad guy on the block, so to speak. So everyone else is is uh, noticing us and paying attention and uh, giving us our accolades. And so getting in, getting that message soaked in through many many years of work out there, it's hard to give that up, Hal. It's hard to stop. It's just hard to give that up. It's hard to, to 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 make the transition, if you will, to me saying, "Gee, Lord, I'd like to be humble, but I'm so good I can't be humble." You know what I'm saying? How I do that attitude. That attitude is out there, and and so I'm not saying it. Smart people can't sit down and analyze themselves and say, wait a minute, Lord, I know I'm doing this. I'm going too far with that attitude. And I want to be more humble. I want to be more graceful. I want to be what you want me to be. But Lord, it's so hard for me because I am so darn good at everything I do. You know, uh, how can I do that? (laughs) How can I... How can I gain humility uh, when when you have blessed me with so much uh, in my life of uh, personal strengths and personal gifts? You know, I, I'm still knocking them dead out there. So how can I look to be more humble, Al? A couple of thoughts come to my mind. N- number one is the ability to be thankful for things that you have that you didn't make yourself. The Apostle Paul says, for what do you have that you haven't received? So you talk about all your gifts and you've excelled in, but you don't have them apart from God. So uh, the deepest thing about being humble is just being grateful, thanking God for everything that happens. And if that is your verbiage, if you are a thankful person for everything you have, as you lead whatever, as you influence whatever, with your kids, with your grandkids, with your friends? Are you thankful? Are you humble in seeing others as valuable, more valuable in your life than you are? I mean, you didn't bring this. You're you're like a turtle on a fence post. Somebody put you there. You didn't put yourself there. So just being grateful. I think the attitude of continuing to learn every day 
you know, I don't, we don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. And the information explosion continues to happen around us. You know, there's so much to learn and knowing and understanding. I mean, this is where I think it really hits on aging, understanding the importance of suffering. You know, when we're younger, we want to make things happen. But the longer you live, you realize life happens to you. And sometimes you can't control it. In your younger years, you think you can do stuff. In your latter years, life comes at you. And you and I both know that things happen to us that we never planned, we never wanted, we never anticipated. Yep. So embracing that suffering process in life and yielding to it is that which brings a deep humility. I'm not in charge of life. You know, maybe when I was at my apex, or whatever you think that was, whatever I think that was, maybe we thought we were in charge. But, you know, the thing about parenting, the thing about grandparents, we're not in charge of life. We're not even right. charge of ourselves. So I right. think that is huge in thinking about humility and weaknesses. It makes a big difference. Yes, thank you, Hal. That I think you're absolutely right. So in a sense, Hal, and we do come up with topics that roam around a little bit, but I think this idea of humility might really be helpful in thinking about finishing well. Uh, if I can grasp it a little bit better and be thankful for what I've got, understand that that God did not create my garden for me to just be able to tiptoe through the tulips but also to, to have some things I stumble over and fall down and have to get back up. Some things I have to go back and plow over again, maybe, or whatever. I'm, I, I'm just trying to say that I don't think God intended us to go through life without, as you just said, uh, understanding that there is a, a wide spectrum of things that can happen to you that are out of your control. I can't agree more, Randy. Let me get, give a different theological perspective with a well-known verse in the Bible. In Romans 8, 828, we know that God works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Paul had, prior to that, talked about a futility that's implanted by sin in our world system. So the longer I live, I begin to see things that I don't know why they happen. Why did this tragedy happen? Why did this weakness happen? Why did this surgery happen? Why did my kid have to make these choices? What's happening to my grandkids? You, you know, you go down a series of things, but understanding how a sovereign God uses all of life and these elder years, senior years, which he has ordained, requires a huge submission to a sovereign God and really an embracement of his plan. And that's Romans 8.28, for we know that God works everything, even the things which we despair in and dislike and least anticipated and the aging process, which ends in the transition of our life from here. God has ordained all of that. And in that he is working good now, I want to read you a short illustration that has really impacted my own life and my own thinking about this. Bear with me. I'm going to read this. It's the story of the Mandarin and the tailor. A Mandarin is a position of status in the Eastern world. One day, a man received word that he had just been appointed a Mandarin. 
He was so excited. He would barely contain himself. You know, we all love to celebrate achievements. He said, I will be a great man now, he told his friend. I must have a new robe made immediately, one that does justice to my new position in life. I know the perfect tailor for you, his friend replied. He is an old, wise man who knows how to give every customer the perfect fit. Let me give you his address. So the new Mandarin went to the tailor, who carefully took his measurements. And after he had put away his tape measure, the old man said, There is one more piece of information I need to know. Tell me, sir, how long have you been a Mandarin? Well, the man thought to himself, why, why, what does that have to do with the fit of my robe? His client asked in surprise. Ah, I can't make the robe without knowing that, sir. You see, a newly appointed Mandarin is so impressed with his office, he holds his head high in the air, tilts his nose up, and sticks his chest out. So I must make the front of his robe a little longer than the back. A few years later, when he is busy with his work and level-headed from the stings of experience and looks straight ahead to see what is coming and what must be done next, then I cut the robe so the front and the back are the same length. And later, after he is stooped by old age and so many years of weary experience, not to mention the humility learned from a lifetime endeavor, then I must cut the robe so the back is longer than the front. Therefore, sir, I must know your seniority if I am to fit you properly. And the new Mandarin walked out of the tailor's shop thinking less of his robe and more of why his friend had sent him to see this man. Mm -hmm. I love that illustration, Randy. It captures the value of aging and why I think older people ought to be and are called to be more gentle. They listen more. They're, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, judge no man before his time. But everyone, I mean, we, you, you don't analyze everybody. You know, let God teach you what he wants you to learn and help others to do the same. And, and I think it makes all the difference in the world. Does that make sense? It does, Al. That's a great story. And it, it kind of answers what I was thinking we could kind of cap this off with is um, the question we had that, that uh, those of us who are in what we have labeled aging years uh, might have a, a curiosity, and that is, have I grown any in my humility? Have I has, has life taught me some things about that? Uh, have I absorbed some of those things that, that Hal and Randy are talking about? And, uh, and now I understand a little, a humility a little bit better. Do you think, Hal, that there is a, a, a possible way that God has designed us and our lives that in our aging years, we do begin to grasp the idea of humility a little bit better than in our in our younger lives. I sure would hope so, Randy. I would hope I have a different perspective. We, as those who are aging, I would hope that we have a different perspective now than we ever had before in our lives. 
It's a deeper dependence on God because so many things happen that we can't control and we don't understand what their value is, yeah. uh, particularly sad events and tragic events. Or, you know, uh, the aging is not a romanticized, the best is yet to be, you're going to be happy ever after. Well, there are hard things that are going to happen in our lives, and they happen right. more and faster in our lives. I think right. of two illustrations. Uh, you know, when I was young, I met a, a brilliant orthopedic surgeon in Dallas. And he influenced me greatly. He was not only at the apex of his career, he was one of the most gentle and humble men I have ever met along with his wife. That They were deeply, deeply in love with Jesus, deeply in love with their family, and they poured out of their lives in serving others, even in the excellence of his orthopedic surgery work. It was just wonderful. And the other person I, uh, Dr. Vernon Grounds, who was president of Denver Seminary for 25 years, I think, and stepped back in, a, in 1979, he, he was a, a deep influence of me. I knew him from age six, and there was a gentleness about his excellence. And he led Denver Seminary and was a pioneer in so many ways in the church in America and counseling in America. He was a great listener. And <laughs> I was never around him where he thought he had the answer. I mean, he'd say, oh, how, what do you think? How would you like to approach this? Anyways, these people have marked my life. And I think you need others around you who are deep, deep examples of people who really love Jesus and love you and love others and are willing to give themselves and just be with people. I mean, I think that's one of the great things about aging. They're only people I just love to be with. I, I don't want to teach them anything. I, I want to learn from them because they have so much to offer. And I think that's what God calls us. I go back to Psalm 131. Oh God, I am not proud, nor am I as haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or things too difficult for me. Behold, I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rest against his mother's breast. So my soul is like a weaned child resting in who God is, how he works, the mystery of it, and wanting to embrace that more and more. Does that make sense? These are good thoughts. Yes, it does, Al. Yeah. And, you know, I think for some of us, the Lord seemed to turn culture on its ears, turn it upside down. And in the way I like, so if anybody goes back and looks at Matthew at the Beatitudes, and looks at, uh, I think it's the third one. But anyway, the meek shall inherit the earth. Actually, it's the the first one he mentions. It's okay. the very first beat. Blessed okay. are the meek. Which kind of makes that an important, I think, important concept to try to grasp uh, for us in our aging years. Uh, I mean, any anybody who wants to be an image bearer, anybody who, who follows Christ wants to understand what it is that what that we're expected to to do and to to move toward, uh, whether we stumble along the way or not, we're supposed to move that direction. So I think I think about that, Hal, and I think about the culture and what it teaches us. Uh, what it seems like humans, no matter what their age, uh, get into kind of almost a mini worship process about the idols of money, of fame of power, of control, all the stuff here that the culture teaches us, boy, if you could do, have more of that, 
you're going to be a superstar and that's all you want to be, gee whiz, it's tough for us to begin to pull away and settle back a little bit and really contemplate, you know, eternity rather than this earthly existence. And I hope that we can have a following here on this on this podcast of people who want to just reflect a little bit about their life and their family's life and the people they influence and just think, how am I doing with what's really important? How am I doing with what the Lord considers is important for me? And if I don't know that yet, boy, it'd be a good idea for me to tune into it and a good idea to try to follow it. And so thank you, Hal, for your time today on this. I really appreciate it. You've helped me a ton. I, this has been helpful for me to kind of get some things answered uh, that were just noodling around. Thank you, Randy. Uh, my, I close with simply saying, what is the most significant thing about the life of our Lord? When we say, It is humility in doing his Father's will, going to the cross, suffering for us so that we might have life. So as a Christian who ages, I am wanting to immerse myself in the life of Jesus more and more. And that's our call, to do that intentionally and keep giving our lives away and keep growing. So thanks. Thanks for engaging this topic. And we hope you are encouraged and and, uh, strengthened in your uh, witness your your zeal to grow in Christ, to be all that He calls you to be, with whatever trials you and I are going through. So, we're we're grateful for you. Uh, pray for finishing well ministries as we intentionally encourage others to finish well and live well in every way. May God bless you and encourage you in every way. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.